what law does, uh, it reflects the character of God, the lawgiver. Certain things are right and wrong. It restrains some evil. He told us in Romans 2, our conscience keeps us from doing some bad things. In Romans 13, he's going to tell us that the government keeps us from doing some bad things. And it reveals our sin. You read the Bible, you're like, oh, that's what I do. Oh, the Bible says that's wrong. I'm a sinner. And that reveals to us our need for a Savior. So the law, God's law, uh, it can't fix us, but it can um, reveal us. Mm -hmm. All righty. Welcome back to the Real Marriage Podcast. We're super excited to be with you. I'm Mark and she's... Grace. She's Grace the Great. We are doing a little flyby, pulling a few themes and threads out of the great New Testament Book of Romans. We got a free study guide. If you'd love to study it with us, we would love that. We're studying it, teaching it here at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, and want to help you learn God's word as well. And uh, as I was preaching through Romans, uh, hit chapter seven not too long ago, and Paul talks about marriage. And so, babe, why don't you read Romans seven one through three? Okay. Or do you not know, brothers? For I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. So he's using marriage, he says here, as an illustration or an analogy. And the basic gist is you're obligated to one. There's certain laws. There's certain obligations. I think he's talking here in regards to law. Paul uses this word law, namos, in the Greek text 121 times. Sometimes the Ten Commandments. Sometimes all the laws in the Old Testament, more than 600 in the first five books, the books of the law. Here I believe he's using it in the broadest sense, kind of right and wrong, the laws that God has created to govern the universe— and there are laws for marriage. And I know Pastor Jimmy Evans, you know, talks a lot about the four laws of marriage. He's talking here about God's laws, and he's talking about marriage. And what he's saying is, as an analogy, so we'll use us as an example. How long are we committed to each other? Till death to a spark. Till death to a spark. That's your vows. Are you allowed to kill each other? No. No. There was a funny story one time, it comes to mind. Uh, they asked uh, Ruth Graham, you know, married to the great Billy Graham, who's a legend and we love and appreciate him. She's like, have you ever, they asked her, have you ever considered divorcing Billy Graham? And that's a fair question for every married couple. And uh, she said, I have never considered divorcing Billy Graham, but on multiple occasions, I have considered murdering him. <laughs> and that's an honest answer. That's an honest answer from a spirit-filled woman. And so the point is that marriage is binding as long as you're both alive. What happens when one of you dies? You're not bound by the covenant, the law of marriage. Yeah. Um, at that point, you're like, uh, they're gone and I'm, I'm released from that relationship and all of those obligations. And now I'm free to a new future, something different. Okay, that's the gist of Paul's analogy. And I'll just say this too. Ever since we met a long time ago, I have asked God that I would outlive you. Mm. That's one of my requests. Because I want to make sure that you're taken care of. And I don't want there to be a gap where I'm not there to take care of you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's been my prayer the whole time. I'm going to be devoted to you, and I want to make sure that I walk you home. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to make sure it would be great if I could preach your funeral and honor you and and just walk you home. Many, many, many years from now, <laughs> after we have our great yeah. grandbabies, we don't yeah. even have grandbabies yet. But the point is, um, generally, um, marriage ends when life ends. Mm-hmm. And we know some dear older saints, uh, even here at our church, they've walked through this season. Yeah. And what he's saying is that... Um, that who we were, and this is his whole argument in Romans 5, 6, and then leading up here to 7, is that who we were died when Jesus died. And that who we are um, started when we met Jesus. And he typifies all this in baptism uh, in Romans 6, where kind of when Jesus was buried, our old self and our old life was buried. And when Jesus got up and walked forward, well, that was... That was him walking with us into a new future. Mm-hmm. And so the weird thing is, babe, um, people tend to think of Romans as this deeply theological book, which it is. But Romans 1 through 11 is about your relationship with God. And Romans 12 through 16 is about your relationship with others. Under it, it's really a relational book. Mm-hmm. And when God speaks of the Christian life, he uses not just relational language, but family language. Mm-hmm. So he says here, brothers. And... Uh, and uh, he talks about husbands and he's talking about wives, all his analogies. And the point is that um, to be a Christian is that God is your father, that Jesus is your big brother, and church is your family. Um, and Paul here is writing to a church family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I didn't even mean to get into this. Maybe it's just a Holy Spirit rabbit trail. How important is it for your marriage to be in a church family? Mm. Very. I mean, any Christian married or not needs to be in a church family. But when you're married, you need to have healthy examples around you. You need to have people speaking into your marriage. Um, It's just amazing to be able to watch people around you and how they do marriage because we're all different in how we um, walk in marriage together. And it's great to have examples around us that are varied. Um, I would say it's absolutely essential. Well, and... We tend to sit down and have a personal quiet time with the Lord where we read the Bible, which is good, and we'd encourage it. But we forget that the letters, let's say for Romans as an example, was written to a church, and it was read publicly to a bunch of people who got together mm-hmm. as a church family. Mm-hmm. And so the um, the Word of God ultimately um, was written to people in church families. Mm. And so you can't probably have a healthy family unless your family is part of a church family. And you can't have a fully healthy marriage unless you're dealing with other marriages, Mm -hmm. learning positive and negative examples, um, and also drafting behind wise couples that are ahead of you Mm -hmm. and gleaning wisdom from them. And so that's what he's doing. And what he's saying is that our relationship with the law, and he's talking here about the law. So let me ask you this. As a general rule, is law bad? No. Law's not bad. No, it helps us know how to behave and well, how to stay out of trouble. Well, yeah, and I've wrote a few things down here. Let me check them. What law does, uh, it reflects the character of God, the lawgiver. Certain things are right and wrong. It restrains some evil. Mm-hmm. He told us in Romans 2, our conscience keeps us from doing some bad things. In Romans 13, he's going to tell us that the government keeps us from doing some bad things. Mm-hmm. And it reveals our sin. Yep. You read the Bible, you're like, oh, that's what I do. Oh, the Bible says that's wrong. 
I'm a sinner. And that reveals to us our need for a Savior. So the law, God's law, uh, it can't fix us, but it can um, reveal us. Mm -hmm. I I use the analogy in the sermon. It's like an MRI. Mm -hmm. You go in for an MRI and it shows you what's wrong. Here's the cancer. Here's the broken bone. But it doesn't fix it. You know, look at the MRI machine and say, okay, well, how's it going to fix it? Well, the MRI machine doesn't do that. You need the physician for that. The law shows us our brokenness. It shows us our sins. It shows us our failures, but it doesn't fix us. So the law is good, but we're bad. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is when we met Jesus, we're not living under law. We're living under grace. And so what he's saying is that all lives and all relationships are lived under one of two environments, one of law, one of grace. When we died, we died to the law, and now we live by the grace of God. So, honey, I want to talk first about what does it look like in a marriage to live under the law? Well, it means to have a covenant with each other, to be um, committed to each other, to love each other, serve each other, um, to, yeah, to do good to each other. So God put us in covenant, and he put laws to govern the covenant. And then the laws show us the ways that we're failing to live up to our covenant obligations with God and with one another. Um, But if all your marriage has is law, 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 rules, demands, expectations, performance, criticism, performance review— What's that environment like? Uh, unhealthy, sad, um, fearful, yeah, condemning. It's life-taking. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year, 2020, we had more law than ever. Mm-hmm. So during 2020, in addition to all of the laws that we have in America and or around the world, We added a lot of mandates, a lot of edicts, a lot of additional rules and laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were some of your least favorite? Um, I mean, I understand the mask, but one of my least favorite is masks because you can't see people smile and and be happy with them the same way as if their face is covered up. Um, And in a 120-degree day in the desert of Arizona, wearing a mask is a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, being away from people, I love to be with people. And so being quarantined, being told that I can't, being close to the people I love, that's... Can't travel, can't be together. Mm -hmm. For some people, their holidays were disrupted, not allowed to hug each other, not allowed to go visit one another. There's shutdown orders, quarantine, stay at home. Yeah, businesses are affected. It's just sad. Stay six feet apart, all these... Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to, we don't want to argue rightness or wrongness. What we're saying is the more law, the less life. Mm-hmm. The more law, the less joy. The more law, the less freedom. Yeah. And so if that same environment is in your home or marriage, mm-hmm. you, are, you are literally killing each other. Yeah. And um, it's why during this last year with a lot of law, people's mental health was not good. Right. Um, people were relapsing into addictive behaviors, uh, lots of mental health problems and crisis. 
Uh, they are talking now that uh, we're in a divorce boom. Uh, because as there was a law-based environment in the world that forced couples to be home together, um, if that law-based environment was in their home, it killed their marriage. Mm, yeah. I wrote a few things down, then we'll talk about grace. Um, what happens when we live in a law-based world, um, we ultimately feel a lot of control, like we're being controlled. And we don't have much freedom. We feel like there's a lot of rules. There's not a lot of grace. There's a lot of punishment. Um, it's rather cheerless. It creates an impossible expectation. And it's non-relational. I just tell you what to do and judge you when you don't do it. I don't do it with you and I don't help you do it. Compare that. Okay, so looking back on 2020, if the world is filled with law and then your home is filled with law, it's death. Mm-hmm. If the world is filled with law, but your home is filled with grace. Because this is where Paul is going in, in all of Romans, but particularly right. Romans 7. We either live under the law or we live under grace. We lived under the law and Jesus died for our sin and set us free. And now we're free. We don't live under the law. We live under grace. And his analogy is it's like marriage. Being married uh, to the law is a bad marriage. Right. Being married to grace, so... I'm blessed, <laughs> is a good marriage. So then talk about conversely, what does it look like for your marriage environment, your home environment, your relationship environment to be one of grace? Mm -hmm. I mean, your name is grace, so I feel like you should nail this. <laughs> well, there's freedom, whether it's to flourish or to make mistakes. There's not anxiety or condemnation. Um, you're growing, you're changing, you're enjoying um, just life together. There's forgiveness. There's a desire to uh, serve one another, not just out of um, obedience, but out of really enjoying that opportunity. Um, there's laughter. There's fun. Yeah, it's just a place of flourishing for everyone. 2020 for us, good or a bad year? Um it was a good year, but I feel bad for a lot of people that had a lot of struggles. So it was hard to watch the struggles that people were facing. But for us personally, it was a good year. We got a lot of family time. God was super gracious in so many ways. And ministry, there were lots of opportunities for ministry, which we love. Um, you and I grew closer in our marriage. Um, yeah, just a lot of things were we could see God's hand all over the place. And I think for some people outside of the home, they felt like there was some grace, but home was an environment of law. Mm -hmm. And so when they couldn't go out and mm -hmm. they were stuck home together, mm -hmm. that was very difficult and painful. Yeah. And what's happening now, uh, as the world is kind of opening back up and you get some more freedom and some more grace, um, it can be, well, now I get to be away from home and away from my spouse. And finally, I have a little freedom and a little joy and a little grace. And our encouragement would be, um, you can't control the environment in the world, mm -hmm. whether it's an environment of grace or law, but you have far more authority over the environment in your marriage and home. Mm -hmm. And if you're so excited because you finally get to be away from your home and your marriage, then you probably need to make sure that you're working toward a grace-based environment in your home yeah. and not just running from it yeah. because it's the place of law. 
Um, so real practically, what do people do to have an environment of grace in their marriage and home instead of an environment of law? Practical things. Mm-hmm. Well, study the example of Jesus because he gave grace perfectly to people. Um, it involves, like I said, you know, not having a critical spirit. It involves a lot of forgiveness. It involves um, not making everything an issue or a battle, but to prayerfully consider things that need to be addressed and doing it out of love for the person and not out of selfishness. Um, it it means, like I said, you're laughing a lot. You're choosing joy mm-hmm. um, to be from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so it's choosing to receive that. It's asking the Holy Spirit to give you the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that you can live love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a home with grace. Do you think that most homes are law or grace? I don't know. I mean, oftentimes it seems like we've encountered one parent is one and the other parent is the other. Um, And so it seems like there's at least law somewhere in the home oftentimes. We don't want to say that law is bad. The theologians that talk, especially since we're in Romans, the the great Protestant theologians talk a lot about law and grace. Mm -hmm. And if all you have is grace and no law, what it means is you're never dealing with anything. You're not fixing anything. You're not working anything. You're not dealing with reality. Right. You're enabling each other and kind of codependent. If all you get is law, you're just judging, criticizing, demanding, reviewing uh, one another. It's a beat down. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a horrible environment. It, uh, it's a burden. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in Acts 15.10, the Jews talked about the law as a yoke. It's like mm-hmm. this heavy, burdensome weight, and you're just carrying it, and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So the way that Christianity works, it starts with the law. Here's the problems, and then grace. Mm-hmm. In love, through relationship, with forgiveness, and the power of the Holy Spirit— things are going to get better and change. And we want that to be the environment of your home and your marriage and your relationship. Mm -hmm. Law says, okay, we got some stuff to work on. Grace says we're going to do it together in love with a lot of forgiveness. We're going to have fun. We're going to make memories. We're going to make progress. We're going to bring the Holy Spirit into the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, And then what happens is, it was really interesting in 2020, uh, Gallup did a, a research data analysis Every category of American reported declining mental health and emotional health in 2020, except for one group, Christians who were still going to an open church. Mm. That's amazing. Which is amazing. But what that is, is it was the one place that there was an environment of grace. Yeah. Yeah. And so when the whole world is an environment of law with no grace— and then you go to the one place that the Spirit of God is present and the grace of God is present. Mm-hmm. The non-Christian data analysis says those people emotionally and mentally did better than everyone else because everything was the same around us, but things were different in us. Mm, I love that. And so we love you and we want God's grace to be something that you enjoy. Yeah. And God's grace is needed. You don't want to abuse it, but you do need to use it. Mm -hmm. That God's grace should lift burdens. It should give hope. It should make memories. It should forgive sin. It should create an environment that is like heaven. And in heaven, it's not going to be like 2020. It's not going to be isolation and rules and punishment and fear and anxiety and loss and death. Mm -hmm. 
that's heaven is an environment of grace. If anything, 2020 was an internship for hell. Yeah. Um, and it shows us what law looks like all by itself. Um, and then, and then the question would be for you as a couple, this would be our exhortation to ask one another, how can I put more grace into this marriage? Mm, yeah. How can I put more grace into this relationship? How can I put more grace into this home? How can I put more grace into this family? Mm. What does grace from me to you or from God through me to you look like? And if you would have that brave, bold conversation, I think that God would be willing to unleash his grace on your relationship and marriage so that you could have a really wonderful marriage mm. and make some progress. Not because you have to, but because you get to. And it's usually in the opposite way because Paul tells us that when we boast in our weaknesses, when we're humble, the, the grace of God will be on us. So let me close with this. When we first got married, do you think the environment that I created for you was more law or grace? Probably more law. The environment that you created for me, do you think it was more law or grace? Probably more law. And then the environment that you created with the kids, more law or grace? Initially law. And then me with the kids? Grace. Grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we've had to make a big pivot because mm-hmm. we'd give each other law mm-hmm. and not much grace. And then you would give the kids more law. Mm-hmm. And then I would double down on grace. And in the family then, it's like frustrating because it's like dad's the fun one <laughs> and mom's the Old Testament one. And that's not very fair. <laughs> And today in our relationship, there are certainly exceptions, but do you feel like we're doing a better job at giving each other grace and living in an environment of grace? Mm -hmm. Yeah, God is, we've definitely received a lot of grace in all those seasons. And so we've been able to share that with each other and our kids and other people. Would you say that that environment of grace, it's just less stressful? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's more fruitful, Mm -hmm. um, more laughter, more memories, Mm -hmm. more fun. Yeah. More progress. Yeah. And see, the big lie is uh, if uh, if we don't just drop the hammer and give a lot of law, nobody's going to snap in line. It's like, <laughs> no, actually, grace outruns law. Mm. And grace changes hearts, not just behaviors. Yeah. And grace allows people to be honest when they start to get in trouble, not hide until they get caught. Yeah. And so uh, we love you. The question would be, are you more giving of law or grace? your marriage? Is it more law or grace? And what does it look like to have not just more grace around you, but grace in you and grace between you? Mm. Uh, Because it doesn't matter what is happening in the world. If the grace of God is in you, you're going to be flourishing. Yeah. You want to pray for him, babe? Yeah. Lord, thank you that you give us grace. You give us perfect grace and it's so undeserving. Um, Lord, I pray that when we receive that, we would extend that to others, that we would want grace-based marriages, grace-based families, um, grace-based relationships with all the people around us. Lord, that if we feel like we're living under the law, that you would show us your grace for us and that we would... um, turn from living, making others live under law and flourish instead in an environment of grace. Lord, we pray this for all these marriages in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe.